Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Oh, hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. The show about stuff we like that is good and that we are into. And that's the new direction. We've talked about sort of okay stuff that we're ambivalent about in oh, the past. Uh-oh. But um, this week, I think we should talk about things that we like and things that are good and things that we are into. I'm into you. Can oh, I say that right now at the top? Wow, thank I'm really you. Feeling you. Like, we went, me, I, me and Henry went on this latest tour to uh, Boston and Mashantucket. And it was the, we realized like right before the trip that it is the first time you and I have been apart in this pandemic. What? Like, I cannot remember. I cannot no, I remember. I can't either. It was so brutal. And then you did it again this last weekend. I did. I went on a, a trip to Houston with some friends, took in some art. Took in some some sushi. The space. Took in the space center. Hung out with my good friends, uh, Gus Grissom and John. <laughs> oh, shit. I can't remember the other guy's name. The Sandwich Space Boys. Yeah. On their Apollo 3 mission. Having, having a, a fun time and a delicious lunch up there in the cosmos. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me, the distance did make this damn heart grow fonder. Oh, thanks, honey. Do you want to say, do you maybe want to? <laughs> you don't I, have to no 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 no, 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 no. Don't, <laughs> seriously for real like don't even don't worry about it it's i know how you feel about me and um it's um it's a, it's like okay it's like whatever you know like it's so chill around here i did i did really miss yeah you. sure <laughs> sorry uh are you is something going on oh i'm trying to prepare my my thing you should have done wonder. that before oh your small wonder yeah oh okay are you Googling? I can't remember things I like. Things Rachel. No, likes. I can't. I couldn't remember what it was called um, because it has a a very long title. Okay, what is it? Uh, the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. How is it? <laughs> I really enjoyed it. So this is the uh, Kristen Bell um, kind of spoof on love a spoof on like the true crime murder mystery kind of stuff the phenomenon and i was worried it would be a little too like scary movie like haha in this trope by which means so fucking funny it busts (laughs) up so hard um and i watched the trailer and i was like i don't know it's still kind of risky i really enjoyed it no good yeah because it kind of like it does stand up as like kind of a good murder mystery. Okay. I mean, the outcome is pretty silly, but uh, I found myself compelled each episode. I mean, it is very funny. Yeah. But uh, I, I would recommend it if you're yeah. kind of on the fence about it. Uh, I I have two. I want to I want to give a special mention to Stranger Things. Yeah. Because the fourth uh, half of the fourth season's out. I guess the next half comes out on July first, and we were so cool on it. Like when it. When season four dropped, we were like, eh, not really. I don't really know if that's something I really care about. Yeah. And it, and, and it was so mystifying as to why I felt that, because I loved the first season, kind of liked the second season. Well, and I, I didn't remember how I felt about the third season, but I really liked it, too. I will say, like, we have been hesitant because we have such a short amount of time at night. Yeah. And that time at night is so unpredictable. Uh to watch anything that's going to be kind of dark and unsettling. Yep. Which this, it is. This season goes it pretty is, deep in the pain. Stranger Things, like the cast and and 
and the tone like can be so delightful. Just a glut of characters. And and I think that coolness was because it has been three years yeah. since the last season came out, which is a ridiculous amount of time to go between seasons of television or anything. Uh, but I'm really liking it. The most recent episode we watched had some like flashbacks to the early seasons, and it is just remarkable how babies. Much, Little much babies these children have grown. I know. Uh, I also want to shout out Foam Roller. When I was in Houston yeah. visiting uh, our friends Clint and Natalie, Natalie was like, you got to try this. You got to try this foam roller. I was like, what is that beautiful little cylinder? She's like, put your back on that and roll. And I was like, wow. That was the noise that my body made involuntarily. We've invested so much in like back health, back massage products. And, and I thought for sure we had a foam roller, just assuming. Nope. But no, we didn't. I am five inches taller. <laughs> My eyesight has improved. It's just amazing. Yeah. It's just so good. Can I do a third one? Can I do a third small right, wonder? Sure, let's go for it. Uh, in my drive to Houston, it's what, like a three-hour drive uh, there and three hours back. I uh, started listening to the latest season of Dimension 20 called A Starstruck Odyssey. I was telling you about it a little bit. That's uh, Brendan Lee Mulligan and 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 company the yeah. thing they do for dropout at college humor it's an actual play thing and it is probably some, my favorite actual play thing i've ever really tuned wow. into it is delightful from the jump it is fan fucking tastic brennan has such a, a sensibility that i feel like is so similar to you and your brothers yeah that it's just like it's very like soothing you like you trust him entirely yeah and, and you're just delighted and the cast is just like uh, like out of control it's mostly folks i think from um uh fantasy high uh and man it's just so good it's so good i cannot recommend it enough go listen to it even if you only kind of like actual play stuff it is it is such a treat from yeah i bet okay I go first this week. Okay. I want to talk about uh, a, a, a computer software, an instrument, a little doohickey called the vocoder. Oh. Yeah. You know, it is amazing how many things you like. Okay. Uh, I say that because- I I'm, could leverage that at you. On it. We have gone pretty much <laughs> blow for blow here on Wonderful. Well, it's just every time you bring something up, I'm like, surely we've covered that because that's something you like so much. I do like a vocoder. And I realize like, oh no, he just likes a lot of things. I do. Uh, I've been diving back through my Spotify playlists from past years, and I just stumbled back onto- and became deeply obsessed with uh, Bon Iver's 2016 album, 22 A Million. Uh, and it is, uh, I, 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 I'm feeling a little bit, I'm excited and nervous about the, the move and stressed, but also like a, a little bit melancholy, like a little bit like bitter, bittersweetness. I should hope so. And I find that this album is really meeting me where I'm at right now. I don't know how deep into it you got. Uh, I loved all of his albums that came out before that. Uh, for Emma Forever Ago was yeah. like, I had that on for months when that album first came out. Um, but 22 A Million is a, is a really wild, conceptual, sort of uh, futuristic thing that is like laced with these very like Bon Iver style, pretty acoustic melodies and falsetto singing. And then also just these booming robot choirs from the like very complicated vocoder. Do I software. know this? 22 a million. I don't know. So this, this came out around the time that, 
I, I think it was his next album after he won the Grammy and uh, started to collaborate with a bunch of people. He did a, a song on Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy with Kanye and I think maybe mm. even a couple other things with Kanye. Um, but but this sound kind of became his his trademark sound uh, and just kind of flourished from, from this album on. Uh, and so he had dabbled with this sound, this vocated sound in the past, but in 22 a million, it just goes beast mode. Um, and I want to play a song off of that album called 715 Creeks with like Sigma signs instead of E's. Okay. Because it's a very weird album. Uh, and I'll, I'll play a little bit of it now. Low moon down the yellow road. I remember something. That it sounds like if Bon Iver had a robot brother. Or like 15 robot brothers. There's, <laughs> there's a lot happening there sort of harmonically. Uh, it's like some of the best vocoder in the business. It's actually a special proprietary like effect chain like hardware and software effect chain called the messina which is named for the sound engineer who designed it for boni Vare. chris uh, chris chris messina yes exactly from yeah. loggins and, and messina and i don't know probably not <laughs> probably not it's just like a bunch of effects that he triggers with a keyboard while he sings which then runs it just through all of these different patches and returns these like super rich like wet layers of of vocoder <laughs> harmonies uh and it's just it sounds so amazing I, I he got some shit when that album came out because it was you know uh he uses it so much that it it becomes maybe a little gimmicky at times but I am such a sucker for it. I think it sounds so cool, uh, yeah, especially you... like in a car with the bass kind of up, hearing yeah. the like really deep parts of the harmony, like rattling your your buttocks. Uh, it's <laughs> it's really really incredible. You've played around with this before, right? A little bit. So mostly I did. Um, oh God, what's a good vo Vocaloid, uh, okay. which is a different thing. That's like where you use computer software to like synthesize singing from nothing there is no there's no dry signal there's no input from you singing into the microphone like it is all created from i've never really messed around with the with a vocoder although it is pretty easy to kind of get plugged in this is a variant on a type of uh vocoder called a prismizer uh like prism miser uh and it is just like it lets you sing while you play a keyboard and then the notes you play on the keyboard it creates your voice along with it, like in in real time, which is basically just like what a vocoder does, but you know, more more complicated, more voices sort of coming back at you at once. I would be remiss if I didn't mention the song that took the OC and then SNL and oh, then the world by storm, uh -huh. which is Imogene Heap's hide and seek. Yeah, it, it has been so thoroughly memefied, and I understand that. It had special significance to me because I watched the OC before the whole Dear yeah. Sister thing uh, happened on on SNL, and so like when that when that sketch dropped, I was like, "What is? How are my worlds <laughs> crossing in this way?" And then everybody was like, "Did you see that? Did you hear that? You remember that song from the SNL sketch?" And I was like, "No, it's the song when Marissa Cooper shoots Trey 
Anyway, uh, I'll oh, play a little. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. That show's 100 years old. <laughs> uh, I'm going to play a little bit right, right now. Spin me round again and rub my eyes. This can't be happening when busy streets amiss with people would stop to hold their Uh, you know that song, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I went through like a big phase. And you like, love Imogene Heap. Well, I mean, enough that I like downloaded discrete songs. Yeah. When I when I was in Chicago 2006, 2007, I rode my bike a lot. And yeah. I, I'd always get out my, my iPod mini, yeah. nano, yeah. whatever, and just jam on my bike. And so, yeah, that, that was in the playlist. She was a she was at the vanguard. She was a pioneer in this like prismizer sort of style uh-huh. of, of electronic music. Uh, fun fact, that song dropped as a single from uh, an album she released in 2005, the same exact day that the episode of The O.C. that it was featured in aired. Wow. The O.C. was always at the cutting edge and also mm-hmm. launched a million ships of like, uh, not not that Imogene Heap, you know, arguably needed the boost at that point. Yeah. But then, holy shit, I remember hearing that. I want to say two or three different movie soundtracks, that same song was on yeah. the, uh, all of them. Uh, and even though it's like a, you know, a gag at this point, I still love that stunt. It still oh, gives me like sure. goosebumps every time I hear it. For sure. So so that is the, the Prismizer, which is sort of an evolved version of a vocoder. And a vocoder, it, you know, strictly defined is a machine that takes vocal input and returns it in a digital format. So, like, it wasn't a music thing when it was first invented. It was invented in 1938 from a Bell Labs engineer named Homer Dudley. Um, And it was, I mean, it was literally used for what it says on the tin, like recording voice and returning it in a a uh, non-analog format. And it was actually, like, a huge step forward for telecommunications, uh, like a lot of different sort of um, like codecs and stuff like that sprung forth from this this invention that was not inherently used for for music. Um, what was what was the value of it? I like, mean, it was a machine that recorded your voice and could turn it into a turn it into a digital thing. So for like character work or like. Or for just recorded voice. I mean, it was it was uh, instead of recording to uh, tape or any kind of analog format, it could return. Oh, okay. You know, the I, I don't have enough technical know how. Yeah. But it, it it stands apart. It's the difference between using uh you know an audio cassette to record your voice and a like digital okay. voice recorder to record. Okay. Your voice. Yeah, I was trying to figure out like what the intended purpose was initially. Yeah, and this is 1938. That's wild to me that seems way ahead of its time and so many inventions came out of that the 60s were for the 60s were a really cool foundational fun time for electronic music because it was so theoretical and it was so like cutting edge of technology that it was 
being like it wasn't happening in someone's basement. It was like happening in laboratories and it was happening at universities in like departments specifically founded around the synthesis of of sound and music. I think that's really cool Uh because like obviously it has graduated from that to become this like infinitely accessible thing that even a decade later, like people were doing all kinds of wild shit with. Um, in 1968, the first like real time solid state vocoder uh, for music was invented by none other than Robert Moog, who is arguably like the most important yeah. figure in all of electronic music. Uh, and that's yeah, why so many, that. so many synthesizers carry uh-huh. the, the Moog name. Uh, and he was the first one to, to get the vocoder off the ground alongside so many other sort of things with the uh, with, you know, synthesized electronic sound. Um, yeah, I, 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 it obviously like it is a thing that you can do a whole lot with and it is a broad category, right? Like auto tune, I guess you could yeah. qualify under this. And certainly we had, uh, uh, you know, auto tuning music is still a very common standard practice uh-huh. in the music industry, but in the, you know, in the, the early 20 teens, it was very prominent and it was very like, uh, not something they were trying to disguise. It was a feature and not a bug. Uh-huh. And, you know, like T-Pain made a lot of money off of that <laughs> off of that specifically. But the vocoder has been used for music for forever. Like fucking Mr. Blue Sky by ELO uses a vocoder. Yeah. Like there's so many different uh, artists who have done so many different incredible things with it. And it has only like continued to evolve. Uh, and like this 2016 album from from Boni Vera with the Messina, that's nothing I've ever heard before. Uh, before that album came out, so it's yeah. still kind of evolving, and people are still finding cool things to do with it. And I think that is rad. So, and I don't, and you know what? I don't care who disagrees with me. Okay. I see you over there. You're looking at me like I like the real deal. Give me, give me a beautiful opera performer, and you know, just acoustic unplugged. You unplug know? it. You know. Yeah. To snap a cut the wires, cut yourself free. Uh-huh. Experience the true sound. Put a hat on the ground, you know? Put a hat right on the ground. Make your money that way. And make money on Oh, I thought you meant just like <laughs> in <laughs> protest of <laughs> No, I'm just saying like take it to the street. Busk it. You know? Busk it and bust it. Mm-hmm. That's my motto. That is you that's still you said that to me yesterday. <laughs> Can I steal you away? Yes. <laughs> Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different (laughs) now? It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. 
So head to factormeals.com wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain we have a couple of jamble jars here, and I would love to read the first one if I may be granted permission to do so, please. Yes. This one is for Adrian. It is from Aaron, who says, happy birthday, Adrian. I hope things are going better at the city, and I hope you know how glad me and Freddie are to have you in our lives, helping us with our weird brains while we try to help you with yours. We should go to Hearst Castle again soon, now that these unprecedented times are hopefully mostly over. That is uh, quite an adventure. You Do you know about Hearst Castle? No. Dracula lived there. Oh. Dracula lived there. Okay. Scary. Scary man. Um, do you know Do you know about his work? Uh, the cape? That, I mean, he's got a lot more going on than just a lot of people wear the capes. Teeth. The teeth. The two, specifically the two teeth mm-hmm. that he uses for biting and mm-hmm. um, the eating yeah. of, of the flesh. <laughs> Good. You're so good at that. Yeah. Very scary castle. Good luck. Bring a whip and a cross and holy water. Do you want to do this next one? Yes. Okay, good. This is for Laura. It is from Stevie. Laura, my sweet baby sister. What can I say besides thank you for introducing us to the McElroy Extended Universe and for just generally being the coolest sibling I could ask for? I'm incredibly proud to be your sister, and I can't wait until our next long overdue trip to PGH. I'd say you're going to be amazing, but let's face it, you already are. That's so sweet. And of course, you know what PGH stands for. Oh, um, Pepper Garbanzo. What's the last part of it again? What's the H stand for? I know it's Pepper Garbanzo. <laughs> Hen. 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 They're it, going to pepper garbanzo hen. That's it, my favorite sort of poultry and pepper it's like and white hen. Restaurant. It's like white hen in Chicago, you know? Yes. But more peppers and beans. Yeah. Yeah. Hal Loveland here with breaking news on a revolutionary form of entertainment professional wrestling. 
For more, we go to our correspondent, Danielle Radford. Professional wrestling is the craze that's sweeping the nation, featuring fisticuffs and colorful costumes. But who can help us make sense of this world of body slams? Lindsay Kelk has the answer. Sources tell us of an amazing podcast called Tights and Fights, filled with discussions of the absurdity of professional wrestling, plus all the sincerity and hilarity that you could shake a stick at. Listen to the Tights and Fights podcast every week. Find it on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. And your old-timey radio. Hey there, I'm Ellen Weatherford. And I'm Christian Weatherford. And we've got big feelings about animals that we just gotta share. On Just the Zoo of Us, your new favorite animal review podcast, we're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't, rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual, real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You ready? Yes. My topic, Mm. artificial turf. Artificial turf. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Whenever I go to any kind of play place and I see they have artificial turf on the ground, uh-huh. I'm like, I can just chill. Uh huh. I can I can relax. Yeah. Now. Yeah. When so when you took Henry on tour, uh, my whole objective was to take Gus places that were outdoors. Yes. Uh, so as to keep him from the germs. Yes. Um, and also that I could just kind of let him go that he wouldn't get dirty because he doesn't, he doesn't really wear the shoes. No. You know? Uh, and so I specifically sought out like turf playgrounds and there are a lot a now. A lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. People like me are looking for that. Oh, I thought that was the end of that sentence. People like me. People, <laughs> unrelated. I don't know if you know this, Chris. Unrelated. People like me. Yeah. Uh, and I was curious about about this stuff. I thought it was like made for the sports. Like day one, let's make it for the sports. Well, what, like mini golf and and no, like the football, the football and the baseball. I mean, are those not real grass fields most of the time? There's some turf out there. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but actually, it was developed specifically for urban areas uh, for the kids. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, it does go back to war, of course. Everything does. Uh, the vocoder was actually invented in World War II as a way, no. Okay. <laughs> so during the, uh, when they were recruiting for the Korean War, the U.S. Army noticed that individuals from rural areas were more physically fit than their urban counterparts. And so they, uh, in the 1950s, they were looking to develop outdoor play space uh that That is okay this just got pretty sinister pretty fast right like how do we how do we get more people physically fit so we can put them in war in battle that's okay Uh yeah the shine i'll be honest babe the shine (laughs) has come off the astroturf apple (laughs) so it's interesting that you call it that uh initially it was called chemgrass 
Kim Grass. Which also adds to this kind of dystopia. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It skyrockets the dystopian sort of rating of this, uh, of this first, idea. First installed large scale at a school in Rhode Island in 1964. Come, um, children, play on the Kim Grass. The Kim Grass. Become soldiers <laughs> on the Kim Grass. <laughs> Uh, the reason you called it AstroTurf, though, is in 1965, the Houston Astrodome was built and conditions were such that they could not keep grass alive. Because it's in Texas. Well, and the and the overhang, right? Like, isn't the Astrodome, like, yeah. you know, like, closable? Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it was in 1960-whatever, yeah. but... But, yeah, so so they just couldn't keep anything alive, and so they were looking for some kind of turf. Interesting. Uh, and so 1966, they began playing on chemgrass. Uh, <laughs> so with, it sucks. This is a good segment, and I love this stuff, but it's, it's, it's conceptually, it sucks. Well, only because I started calling it chemgrass, right? You didn't feel so strongly about it. No, until... I loved it until you told me that the military <laughs> invented it to make stronger children. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It is soft and when you fall down on it, you don't get hurt. You don't A get A lot dirty. of good inventions have come out of the need to put people in battle. I, here yeah, we are. I get, here we are. The military has you driven. You got to break a few eggs to get a safer child playground. <laughs> driven a lot of inventions. Uh, and here we are. Here we go. Uh, okay. So, so AstroTurf. Uh, as as you and I would know it, uh, the first iteration pretty uh pretty hard, uh, and not particularly forgiving. Um, there was a lot of burns and blisters from like the friction yeah. of the turf. Um, just the sports, the balls would bounce a lot harder and roll faster on the surface. That's fun though. That makes the sport more fun, doesn't it? <laughs> not the rug burn as much, but the speed the speed of the ball. Love that. Um, I, I will say I read something, uh, where an individual that played sports on it talked about, like, you could, uh, guarantee that you would get good traction on every play. Like grass is kind of unpredictable depending yeah. on the weather, but at least, you know, you knew, you knew what you were dealing with, with turf. That is, that is hockey has illuminated how important that is yes. because you will watch hockey games where you're like, everyone's doing a pretty shitty job today. And it's like, oh, that ice looks bad. That puck is bouncing that everywhere. That puck is bouncing yeah. all over the dang place. Uh, I'll also say, and I have noticed this, I don't know if this is still true in like the big leagues, but when I take Gus to a turf playground, you really have to find the shade because Ooh, in the man. olden days, at least in sports, and what I still notice on playgrounds, it gets very hot. Yeah. <laughs> Does not have the same cooling effect as grass. Uh, and so you really have to be careful. I once took Gus to a playground in the afternoon and it was just like it was I had to corral him to like a very small shady space because yeah. there was nowhere he could put his hand without. Gosh, I do like that about grass. You ever, when was the last time you just like laid down in some grass? I don't know. It's man. been about six years for me. I don't know. I mean, it's been a little more recent than that for me. When we go to a lot of the uh, the neighborhood pools, they have like a grassy. Yeah, but now. I always put a blanket down on that because our neighborhood pools also have a lot of neighborhood ants. That's true. I'm just talking about me and nature. <laughs> uh, evolution of turf, 1970s. There was a new version introduced as shag turf. 
because it was the 70s, I guess, and everything was shag. Uh, Is called Kim Grass Deluxe? No. Okay. (laughs) No, I think at this point, everybody is kind of calling it AstroTurf. Okay. Uh, Although, I mean, I imagine still... You know, it's like Kleenex. Like DARPA, still... DARPA still calls it Kim Grass in their deep <laughs> fucking shadow compound. Uh, so the new material is polypropylene, uh, which is less abrasive and looks like a little a little nicer. Just call it that. Uh, come, ki- come kids, let's play on the polypropylene. <laughs> uh, the tufts were spread more widely apart mm. uh, to look more like grass. Love a wide tuft. So this second round was better for like field hockey but wasn't as great for soccer um because it was just the ball was just different yeah you know like you train on grass and then you get out there and it's just all all goofy yeah uh and then 1990s is when we changed uh polypropylene to polyethylene oh well right upgrade (laughs) glow up i don't know what that means uh, longer, longer fibers. Oh, sure. Um, how are the tufts though? Still pretty wide. I mean, <laughs> this no is complaints. like when we we purchase an artificial tree, and you're like, how many, how many points though? You right? can't, pre- you can't pretend that now that doesn't matter to you. No, it's true. Of course, it matters to you. Um, and also less stress on players' joints. Uh. With with the good traction, so okay. as I mentioned, like early turf, like not not great for the injuries. Yeah. Um. But now now we've got some good we've got some no, good yeah, stuff great out turf there. Out there. Yeah. yeah. It is very expensive. So when we were looking to kind of rehab our green space out back, which we cannot keep green, uh, no. I was like, "What about turf?" And and the gentleman I was talking to was like, "It's like four times as expensive." I mean, which makes sense, right? Like you you don't replace it. Like yeah. looks looks good, low maintenance, obviously, but uh, pricey. I don't love it at the home. I like the I like them. I like for all of our many. Many ecological troubles at this house that we live in for a few more weeks. Uh, <laughs> I do enjoy the naturalness of yeah. it. The, even even though parts of it have been, we have been run roughshod over by Mother Nature. Yeah. Uh, it is, I don't know, it's neat. Yeah, and I will say, so the, another problem with turf that I found is it really kind of destroys the biome underneath, yes. obviously. It's just like putting a big plastic tarp down on some dirt and like... Yeah. You know, but, but, but it's nice for a play space. That is true. I really, I like it a lot. I think it, it looks good. Uh, I like you a lot. I think you look good. You were just. You, I'm telling you, man. You're going hard today. Yeah. Um. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And thank, thank you. you for listening. And thank you to Bowen and Augustus for these for our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to it in our episode description. And thank you to Maximum Fun. Oh, Maximum Fun. There's all kinds of good shows on Maximum Fun. Yes. I, I, you know, I was dipping into Jordan Jesse Go. Dipping into Jordan day. Jesse Go. Yeah, Dip your toes into the cool, refreshing waters yeah. of Jordan and Jesse. They get some great guests on As there. As they go. 
Um, we are going to be doing some more shows later in this year of ours, San Diego, Portland, uh, and Salt Lake City. That tour is almost actually sold out. Hey, thanks a lot, Ooh, West Coast. Dope. Really do appreciate I that. Have, I have never been to Portland or Salt Lake City or San Diego, so I'm very excited about this tour. You're going to have a hell of a time. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a, I adore a, all three of those cities. Very pretty out there. It's so pretty. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can find links to that at uh, McElroy.family. We also got shows coming up in D.C., Detroit, Cincinnati, and uh, maybe a couple other places. I'm not 100% sure, uh-huh. but keep it locked there. We have stuff at McElroyMerch.com, too. Always adding more stuff there every month. Uh, and uh, if you enjoy any of our shows, I bet you'll find something that you'll enjoy. Or if you have a special someone in your life who likes our stuff. Yeah, you know those people, those people with the summer birthdays, you know? It's hard. It's hard, right? Like everyone's traveling or like you're not in school and and you you like never get to celebrate your birthday and give them something to talk about. The the McElroy family to brighten their day. We should make a new shirt that says bust it and bust it on it. And it's just, there can just be a hat. But it's- It seems a little Ghostbusters, I'm going to be honest. I mean, sure. <laughs> what about Ghostbusters? And it's like a oh, that's something spectral jam band. I like that a lot. In the streets of New Orleans. Yeah. Um, that's it. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to us. Thanks to you. Thanks to me. Thanks to the. Thanks to. Thanks for continuing to give us an opportunity to do this show. Yes, it is very difficult to feel positive and grateful for a lot of things right now. But it gives me it gives me strength. But this show helps me focus on what I like, and I am grateful for an opportunity to do that. Me too. I have been thinking of nothing else but foam rolling out my back since the beginning of the show. So may I, <laughs> may we be may we be excused from the table. Are you asking me? I'm asking the audience. I'm asking listeners. Hold on, listen. Thank you. Bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.